Hi, everyone. My name is Abby, and I want to tell you about my mom. No, she is not some kind of a criminal or the wife of a billionaire. She is a gamer. And if you think that this is cool, then you are mistaken. This mother's hobby hasn't done any good. We live a quiet and peaceful life in the small town of Leewood. I like living here, but my mother has always wanted to leave it in order to move to a metropolis with many opportunities and a wide variety of entertainment. The fact is that she feels very bored in Leewood and is constantly trying to find something interesting for herself. She has a lot of hobbies, from painting to modeling clay pots, but she burns out quickly and then looks for something new again. So one day, my mother decided to explore the world of video games. She often saw me hanging out at the computer and playing games. At first, she didn't like it and thought that it would be better if I read books for so long. Dad supported her in this. Over time, they somehow calmed down and left me alone, but not for long. Mom wanted to try and play something too, so I turned on a survival simulator on a desert island for her. Oh, this game captured her greatly. She was playing all night and did not even notice it. Mom said that she and Dad scolded me in vain because plunging into the virtual world was really exciting. Then I showed her a lot of other game genres, and she liked RPG the most. Moreover, she liked it so much that she refused to allow me to work on the computer. I couldn't even print a report or send an important email. Mom did not see or hear anything around her because she was in another universe. By that time, I realized that her hobby would do no good, and I was not mistaken. We often fought, but these scandals led nowhere because my mother still did not allow me to work on the computer, so I had to go to one of my friends' house to do my homework. I used to spend too much time going to my friend's house, doing my homework there, and then returning home. As a result, I was so tired that I was just holding on from sleeping even at school. This affected my academic progress. My grades became much worse because I didn't really listen to the teacher. He decided to talk to my parents, but only my dad came because my mother was hanging out in games. After returning home, my dad had a serious talk with mom. She said that she understood everything and promised no longer to sit at the computer. We were happy to hear that because no one liked that she was devoted so much to games. But it was too early to celebrate because mom found another way to play games. She bought herself a PlayStation 5 as well as several games so that she could play calmly and cause no trouble for anyone. My father and I did not mind being confident that she would soon burn out and abandon everything as before, but we were wrong. Whereas previously she played only in the evenings, later she began to play all day. At first, my dad and I did not know about this, thinking that she continued to go to work. Mom even used to put on her business suit and leave home early, but as it turned out, it was just a performance for us. You wonder how we knew about this, right? One evening, my mother's boss called us and said that she was fired for being absent during working hours. As it turned out, she hadn't been at work for two weeks. At that, she was warned repeatedly that if she didn't show up, she would be fired. 
Mom just smiled and said that she didn't care because she wanted to become a Let's player. I couldn't believe my ears. How could my mother, who held a serious position in a large company, say that? After all, she always valued her work and never took bloggers and streamers seriously, claiming that this was not a profession. She was convinced about what she was going to do more than ever. Mom bought an expensive microphone, a webcam, and looked through a bunch of guides about Let's Play. But all this brought disaster. You should have seen that trash she did during streams. She played so badly that she immediately became one of the main memes among gamers. Even at school, I was told that my mother was a real noob and that she had pincers instead of hands. Mom naively thought that she would easily get a bunch of subscribers and donations, but her rose-tinted glasses broke after a week. No one wanted to subscribe to her channel, and then she decided to use the promotion services. But my mother was unsuccessful even in this. She contacted fraudsters who took a large sum of money and did not provide any services. Offended by the whole world, she hadn't touched a gamepad for a whole week. I thought this was a valuable lesson for her, which could definitely make her change her mind. Once, I even saw how she was looking for a job on a website, and I was delighted because I thought this nightmare was over. But I was mistaken. It continued, and everything got much worse. Every time she tried to email her CV, she was distracted by games. As a result, my mother pretended to be looking for a job, and instead, she just played. And then a bigger disaster happened. She was donated. It was a small sum of money, only $50, but it went to her head as if she was a professional streamer. Gaming captivated her even more, and she began to buy all the games in a row. I mean, she could buy good games, bad games, new games, and even irrelevant games. Money literally flew away from the family budget because dad's one salary was not enough for us, but my mother did not seem to understand this. As soon as a new game appeared in the online store, she immediately purchased it. My dad and I tried to talk to her, but mom said games made her happy and we shouldn't stop her from being happy. But she did not want to understand that her new hobby made us face big problems. My father had to take extra shifts at work to cover all of mom's debts. But this still was not enough for a normal life. I couldn't even afford to have lunch at school. But my mother still found money for games. One day, she took money from my piggy bank, which I was saving up for a new iPhone. But the fun had just begun. Mom started playing a shooter game with some people. This was not unusual because she often played with people, but they were betting. For example, if mom could capture an enemy base, then she was paid $1,000. If not, then she was considered to lose the argument and accordingly pay the other person herself. She did not know how to play, but at the same time, she felt like a cyber athlete, so she had 10 to 1 defeats. As long as my dad and I were in the dark, we did not pay attention to her bad mood caused by defeat. Only later did we find out why she was so upset. Once, she forgot to turn off the Discord, and there I read all her correspondence with the other gamers. 
When I saw the amount of debt, my heart almost stopped. Where would we get so much money? At that moment, we didn't even have enough money for food. Having told my father about everything, I did not think that he would get so angry. In a pitch of fury, Dad broke the console and threw it out. When my mother saw this, she caused a scene. We tried to talk to each other, but were constantly bursting into yelling and tears. Mom did not try to understand that because of her hobby, we had large debts. Then Dad brought Mom's favorite casket and opened it. Previously, there was gold jewelry that he gave her inside, but now it was empty. Yes, we had to sell all of the gold to repay her debts to our friends. Mom looked at the box, burst into tears, and began to apologize to us. Finally, she started to realize that she was wrong. Mom said that she would definitely correct her behavior and stop playing. But, as you might have guessed, she broke her promise. One day, I came back from school early and found her sitting at the computer. I unplugged the power cord and reminded her of the promise. Mom immediately left the computer and tried to do something else, but nothing else fascinated her so much. She wanted to hang out in a game to relax and calm down. It hurt me to see her this way. Previously, she was a strong and successful woman, but there was nothing left of my former mother. She was addicted to games and no longer needed anything else. After we realized this, my father and I decided to take her to a psychologist, believing that she had a gambling addiction. The doctor confirmed this and said that if she had a desire, she could change herself and stop playing. Mom replied that she'd love to do anything if only we were all happy. And our life began to improve. Mom attended meetings where people with similar problems gathered, and my father and I tried to settle the debts. However, this wasn't going to work because the money kept disappearing. As soon as it appeared on the account, it disappeared immediately. We thought that mom started trouble again, but everything turned out to be worse. The gamers for whom she owed money did not want to wait for the debt to be paid back. They began to threaten my mother and say that their influence would be enough to ruin the life of our entire family. Then my mother gave them all the details of our card and they could withdraw our money easily. Dad blocked the card immediately, but it was too late. The gamers managed to withdraw everything and we found ourselves in a horrifically bad situation again. We had only $50 left for a whole month. Dad was so upset that he didn't talk to mom all evening. I felt the same. Apparently, this somehow influenced her, and she decided to put things right. As a first step, she got a job. Although the position was low-paid, she was paid for each shift, and this money was spent on food and paying off her debts. Then she got a second job, and such a workload helped her to not think about games. And soon, she managed to overcome her addiction. Besides, she found a new hobby, knitting. Moreover, she did it so well that she started to receive orders for knitted stuff and make money on it. And over time, we were able to pay off all of her debt and start with a clean slate. Do your parents play video games? The teacher's eye twitched nervously when he looked at me. I stood in front of him, nervously rubbing my notebook. The girls were whispering and laughing. 
but the boys were ready to eat me up with their amorous stares. Katie, I have never seen a student like you. The teacher's voice quivered. Either you answer my question or you go straight to the principal. I squealed like a mouse. The boys were all gasping with emotion, and there was hysterical laughter among the girls. It was the toughest test I'd ever had. Hi, my name is Katie, and I'm actually a genius, but I have to pretend to be stupid to get guys to like me. Before this school year, I went to another school, and I had my picture up on all the honor boards. I could compete with a lot of the teachers in terms of knowledge, and our physicist even quit after arguing with me and threw a real tantrum on the principal. After fifth grade, I stopped doing homework altogether because I was so good at it, and I had a place at Yale already secured. But my life wasn't like a fairy tale. I guess it's no secret that guys don't like girls who are too smart. I have a beautiful appearance, but my intelligence scared away all the admirers. When I was on another date, I'd get a little carried away and I'd start discussing the stages of evolution, the boundaries of the universe, or the splitting of atoms. The guys would just blow right off, and they wouldn't even talk to me at school. But I wanted love so bad, more than anything. So, when I got transferred to a new, better school in the state, I decided to change my life. Why do I need brains that outshine my beauty? I want a boyfriend. I want dates and attention. So, I decided to play dumb and according to my calculations, it was going to help me. The first day, I went to school as a living doll. The guys were drooling, but the girls were a little wary. I'm a quick thinker, so I went straight to the breach. Walking down the corridor, I supposedly tripped next to a handsome man, and he just happened to catch me. Baby, are you okay? He played with his eyebrows. Wow, you're strong. I squeezed his biceps. Are they made of steel? I just work out a lot. He answered proudly. And I drink protein. Do you drink them right? How much protein do you consume? What's your protein base? And is it certified? The guy's look immediately changed. He was batting his eyes stupidly. And I think he froze. I'm getting carried away again. What the hell was that curse? Okay, that was a slip. But I almost made it. I decided to change tactics and try my luck with a smarter guy. After picking the best-looking one in biology class, I paired up with him. Everything was going great. I was dumb as hell, and he felt like a real hero. He even put his palm on mine. It took my breath away. But what is he doing? This isn't right at all. I took the guy's microscope away. Are you an idiot? It's so clear. What the hell did you write? Katie, I... The poor guy started stuttering, and I started to rewrite the whole thing in a frenzy. And by the time I realized what I'd done, the guy had already run away. And from that moment on, he was on his way to avoid me. What a genius idiot I am. Even zombie wouldn't eat my brain. I'm too smart. But I invented a new tactic, and I joined the company of beautiful fools. Around them, the guys walked like a herd of buffalo at the watering hole. I couldn't understand how it was possible. Even cats are smarter than these girls. Even my microwave knows more tasks than they do. The only thing that saved me was that I am a fast learner and could adapt to their strange behavior. 
pretty soon, I could pretend to be so stupid that my brain was catching critical errors. And it worked. I was hit on by a real hottie. Pete and I went on a date, and this strong man was literally carrying me in his arms. I had never heard so many compliments about myself before. One day, he took me to the gym to show how strong he was. Wow, what a barbell. I went over to the dumbbells and looked at them stupidly. It's dumbbells, he proudly announced and hugged me. You don't know anything about it, do you, cat? No, will you show me? Sure, baby. That's a kettlebell. He held up a huge kettlebell, and I was fascinated by his muscles. And this is where I set my record. No one can beat me. Pete went over to the weight machine, set his maximum weight, and pushed the lever as hard as he could. I'm super powered, you know? I'm like Superman. And then I started shaking with anger. My brain was screaming, and it became hysterical. Even my eyes went black. Superman, that's just leverage. I went over to the simulator. I made the lever longer, and I adjusted it. And then I put my little weight on it and did the same thing Pete did. It's basic physics. What is wrong with you, Pete? How can you be so stupid? There was laughter from all sides of the guys. Pete's lip trembled, and he ran away. And I slapped my forehead with my palm. I'd ruined it again. I was already desperate, thinking it was all useless. Plus, my studies made my teachers furious. I came in here with the best performance, but in reality, I couldn't solve an elementary example because of my disguise. My parents were hysterical, and I made up stupid excuses. I was getting ready to get smart, but then I met Caleb, a musician from the parallel class with an angelic voice. He was incredibly handsome and cool, though he was on the verge of dropping out. I don't need to study. I'm a musician, he was saying, but Caleb was so charming that I fell in love. He wooed me beautifully, composed songs, and gave me the most unforgettable dates. You're so good to me, Cat. You're so simple, not like those nerds. I hate nerds, I murmured, melting in his arms. I was finally done messing things up. My brain was just shutting down from love. But at the end of the semester, the midterm test began which brought me back from the dream world. Caleb was so bad at studying that he wasn't even bothered. He'd be expelled for sure, and so would I. The teachers wanted to get rid of me on principle and wrote angry messages to my previous principal. Yeah, I really screwed him over. He vouched for me. So, in another algebra class, I got axed with an elementary question. Caleb was staring at me with love, and the teacher was freaking out. Boyfriend or career? A choice that seemed impossible to me. That's where I started my story. Sit down, cat, the teacher said nervously. You can go right after class and sign the expulsion papers. No, I came up to the blackboard. Give me your tasks, all of them. And I solved them all by writing all over the blackboard and even the wall. The kids looked at me with their mouths open and it was like the teacher saw a ghost. Lesson after lesson, I amazed everyone. I pulled all my grades in just a few days, and the teachers, even the principal, saw me as a real treasure. But Caleb wasn't thrilled. So you're a nerd, 
he said disappointedly. Yes, but we're good together. You lied to me. You're a crammer, cat. I don't mess with nerds. You're a fool. I got angry. You'll get expelled. You won't even be able to play music. All the rock stars were nerds. He retorted. When? The 80s? Ow. This is the 21st century. Give me a break, cat. You have homework to do. He left. And I was filled with anger. How could he treat life like that? He'll ruin himself and be nothing. I stormed into his rehearsal room, blazing with anger. Come here, I said sternly and dragged the boy by the hand. What, are you out of your mind? Just drop your guitar already. I was as unstoppable as a snow avalanche. When I took Caleb back to my house, I locked the room where my books were already prepared. Cat, are you out of your mind? Sit down and listen. I sat down next to him, textbook in hand. Get away from me, why are you doing this? Because I love you, you fool. I won't let you get kicked out of school, understand? I'm not gonna read any stupid textbooks. You won't, just listen. You're a musician, and you're better at hearing information. That's why it's hard for you to memorize lyrics. I made Caleb listen to himself. We took breaks for tea and conversation, and then I'd go back to hammering it into him. The kid didn't like it, but I managed to teach him for days at a time. Cat, that's it, that's it, I don't like it. Okay, I crossed my arms around my chest, my anger overwhelming. School's not my thing, Cat. Yeah, you're better off living with your parents until you're old, work at the diner, play guitar in your spare time, maybe even play at a cafe or two. Good luck, Caleb. When he left, I cried. I'd fallen in love for the first time, kissed for the first time, and he ruined everything. When he gets expelled, we'll never see each other again. He doesn't want someone like me, and I guess it wasn't love for him. For a week straight, all I listened to was the song that Caleb had dedicated to me, and then, in a heartbreak, I deleted it. I made my choice, but as soon as I did, I heard the same song from across the street. Caleb? I almost fell out the window. I'm sorry, cat. I'm an idiot. Caleb put the guitar down, and then he showed me his textbooks. I don't want to drop out of school, because that's where I see you. I love you, cat. Will you help me pass my exams? I was so happy. I was ready to fly. In the evenings, I saw Caleb on my own, and at night, I recorded audio lessons for him. When he couldn't come to class, he'd listen to my voice on his headphones and learn. Even when he was driving his car around town, I could hear my voice through the speakers. It was exam day, and I couldn't help myself. I gave my boyfriend a big kiss. You can do this, Caleb. Just know that I love you. While we waited for the test results, Caleb wasn't himself. The teachers and principal just chuckled indulgently, and they were surprised he was still in school. Even his friends were convinced that he was going to get kicked out of school. But worst of all, Caleb himself was sure of it. Classes with you were the best time of my life, he said. Caleb looked at me sadly. Thank you, Cat. I won't forget that. I burst into tears, thinking this was the end of our relationship. The next morning, after a sleepless night, I heard screams under the window. It was Caleb. And he looked like a happy puppy, not a badass rocker. I passed the test, Cat. I'm staying in school. 
we can keep our hands off each other for days with joy. Finally, my intelligence was able to help me get on with my personal life and also help the person I love. Even now, Caleb often listens to my records and learns new things, but he doesn't forget about music either. Guys, if you think being smart is a curse, give it up. Intelligence can give you so much more than popularity in school. Don't sacrifice your future for supposed fame. Are there any of you who suffer because of your intelligence? Share your stories in the comments. Like and share this video with your friends. Also, be sure to subscribe to our channel and click the bell. Hi everyone, my name is Leslie. I live with my dad. He's a cop and controls my every move. My parents got divorced a few years ago and I've been living with my mom all this time. However, she had to fly out of state for a year for work and I had to move in with my dad who lived in a small town. No, I love my dad, but the whole situation sucked. New town, new schooling classmates, and a new life because my dad is a strict man. My mom didn't let me do much either, of course, but my dad laid out his rules right away when I came to visit. No boys, no long walks, and no parties. Also no short dresses or skirts. Honey, I work with criminals and I know what they can do. I want you to be safe, and I don't want you getting involved with anyone, especially Johnson. Who's Johnson? He's your future classmate. I've already checked out all your new classmates. Johnson is a frequent visitor to my station always getting into trouble. All he can do is fight and steal. Watch out for him. He's not your kind of crowd. And when I saw this Johnson guy, I knew what my father was talking about. Dirty, unkept, very mean and arrogant. Wow, we got a princess over here. He gave me a cheeky smile. I was startled and immediately pepper sprayed him in the face because what my dad said about this guy really affected me. Hey, is that how a princess greets people? The troublemaker was indignant and covered his face with his hands. Everyone just laughed at him and gave me a thumbs up. I thought that such an unconventional introduction would help me avoid Johnson's attention. But after class, some guys grabbed me. Hey doll, wanna introduce yourself? Leave me alone, I said trying to get out of their grasp. Why are you so boring? Come with us, let's have some fun. Hey, the lady said she didn't wanna talk to you, said Johnson and he got into a fight with these guys. He quickly scattered them and then asked me if I was all right. I was really scared, but I was also shocked, which made me speechless for a moment. And then my dad showed up at the wrong time to pick me up. He saw me next to Johnson. Hands off my daughter, Brandon. My father said sternly, ah, so the princess is your daughter. The boy smiled. All I did was help her. Don't go within a mile of her, understand? Or you'll spend the night at the station, behind bars. I'd be happy to. I haven't been there for a whole week. Brandon grinned. I couldn't even stand up for him, which made me feel insanely ashamed. At home, my dad told me again to stay away from Brandon and reminded me not to hang out with boys until college. Otherwise, my schoolwork would suffer. And any boy who dares to go out with me would suffer too. I'm sure my dad was serious about it. It was really boring at home. I finished all my homework. Dad was watching baseball on TV. I couldn't go out. Besides, I didn't really have anyone to go out with, and I felt terribly lonely. I called my mother, but she couldn't talk to me for long because she was busy. In the morning, for the first time in years, I was excited to go to school. I found Brandon and thanked him for rescuing me yesterday. The best thank you is if I could copy your homework, he said. I didn't care, so I gave him my notebook. I noticed, however, that Brandon was having trouble reading. 
Are you a bad reader? I asked him. Yes, he admitted and blushed. Don't you like books? I don't have time to read. I'm busy surviving. Is there a desert island around here? I joked. I don't have a home. Brandon answered calmly. My parents abandoned me, and I ran away from the orphanage a long time ago. They weren't treating me well. My heart sank, and in a rush of emotion, I hugged Brandon. I started rambling about how I didn't know about his situation, and that I was sorry that this happened to him. And Brandon responded with a smile, saying that it was okay. I looked at him from a different perspective. He has no parents. Nobody cares about him. That's why he's acting like this. Maybe he's trying to get in trouble on purpose to spend the night at dad's station because it's warmer there after all. I told my dad about it. He said he knew perfectly well that Johnson didn't have a home or parents. But what bothers me more is that you started hanging out with him. Leslie, what did I tell you? He'll screw you over. You'll cry over him. I agreed with dad and started avoiding Brandon, even though it was really hard. The guy kept calling me princess, which I loved and tried to start a conversation. I couldn't resist, and we started chatting in secret. After school, I'd go to the town library, where Brandon would come and I'd teach him how to read and write. And in order to get him to practice more often, I gave him my old phone, and now we text every night. I told Brandon that my dad controlled everything, even my texts, so I had to delete them. My new friend called him the dragon, who holds the beautiful princess captive. Well, that's partially true. And then Brandon asked me out. Dad was on the night shift, so I said yes. He took me to the park, where we could see the beautiful starry sky. And then he timidly took my hand. I blushed. My heart stopped for a second, but I didn't take my hand away. I never held hands with a guy before in my life. Suddenly, however, we were blinded by headlights. Leslie, what's going on? Why aren't you home? And what's Johnson doing next to you? We were just taking a walk, I mumbled. Get in the car, and you're going to spend the night in jail, you little shit. Gladly. Brandon smiled and winked at me. At the station, in his office, my father decided to have a serious talk with me. He decided to tighten his control, so he assigned a young intern to me, Rick. Now he had to watch my every move. I freaked out and went home. In the morning, I walked to school accompanied by Rick. The intern was sympathetic but he couldn't help but obey my father's orders. I was embarrassed walking around the school with a cop. The kids were looking at me sideways. Everyone avoided me. Well, I'll never make any friends here now, and I don't think Brandon is gonna talk to me after last night. But once Brandon was out on the street, he texted me right away. I told him about my situation and the cop controlling my every move. Brandon promised to do something about it. And in the evening, when my father went to bed, Someone knocked on my window. When I opened the curtains, I saw Brandon. I immediately let the guy in the room. You're crazy, I said quietly with a smile. Dad is home. Yeah, but he goes to bed at the same time. I noticed that a long time ago, being at the station. Besides, I don't want my princess to get bored. I chatted quietly with Brandon. I went on to teach him. And then my friend confessed that no one had ever treated him with such kindness before and he wasn't even comfortable accepting my help at first. Usually everyone avoids me because I'm the school's biggest troublemaker. Princesses like you just look at me with contempt. And you, Leslie, are not like that. You're very kind. He took my hand again, and I couldn't resist kissing him on the cheek. We texted in class, and after school, we continued texting each other. Dad calmed down and finally got Rick off my back, 
He also noticed that Johnson hadn't been in a station in a long time. Meanwhile, I helped Brandon get a job at the car wash. You don't have to steal anymore to survive. My dad's friend works here. I made a deal with him. Your shifts will start after school. Thank you, princess. You're a real lifesaver. A few days later, my dad told me he saw Brandon at the car wash. He was surprised because the kid was finally doing something right and started making money. I was pleased. Maybe dad would let us hang out. I secretly brought lunches to Brandon at work, and unfortunately, dad's friend reported it to dad. He confronted me in front of Brandon, but my friend stood up for me. Your control has turned Leslie into an uptight girl. She has no friends at all because of your intern, who's been following her around. Everybody's avoiding her now. Not up to you, Johnson, to decide how she lives her life. I'm her father, and I know best. You get on with your work and your life. Daddy asked Rick to keep an eye on me again. Only now I couldn't go anywhere after school, so I had to stay home all day. Brandon would come over in the evenings, but his visits became rare because of his night job. He wanted to get a flat so he could stop looking for a place to stay every night. And then one evening, while Brandon was visiting me, my father suddenly woke up. He had an emergency at work, so he came in to let me know. He was furious when he saw Brandon and told me I was moving back with my mother and I will never see this troublemaker again. Daddy, no, please! I almost begged. I said it all, Leslie. He took Brandon out of my room and drove him to the station. The next day, I was sitting on an airplane, crying. I loved hanging out with Brandon. I really liked him, too. It was going to be hard for him to be without me. I mean, he had no friends and no support at all. My father told my mother, and she agreed with the punishment. She didn't want me getting involved with homeless troublemakers either. However, Brandon and I continued to text each other anyway. He told me he was having a hard time without me, and I told him I was bored without him. Sometimes we'd turn on the camera, and we'd go for walks like that. I knew I wouldn't see Brandon for a long time or ever, because we were separated by a few thousand miles. But I hoped that in a year, things would get better, because my mom and I would be back home, and I wouldn't be so far away from Brandon. But things didn't go according to plan because mom was offered a permanent job. And of course, she said yes. I was devastated that I would never see Brandon again. He really stole my heart and soul. Several months had passed. Brandon hadn't returned my calls or messages for a week. I realized that he was bored communicating this way and must have found someone else. But then one day, someone knocked on our door. And when I opened it, I couldn't help but shout with joy. I immediately threw myself into Brandon's arms. My princess, I missed you so much. Me too. He said he'd been saving up since I left because he couldn't bear to be away from me. Brandon said he was going to live in this town now, to be close to me. My mother was against our relationship, and she and my father tried to convince me not to waste my time with Brandon. But he soon proved to them that he had changed, and my parents said we could see each other. Are your parents strict too? Write your answers in the comments. I'd love to read them. Bye. Hi, I'm Alessia from a small town in Kenya. Growing up, I was stubborn and also a happy kid, even though my mom worked as a servant for the wealthy chief Mwangi at his farm. I always felt like part of the family because of the chief's son, Barasa. He was my best friend and he did almost everything with me. He helped me with chores and even stopped me from cleaning his room whenever I had to. It was fun until his uppity father stopped him from hanging out with me. 
Barasa, you're better than playing around with the servants. I want you to stay away from them from now on. What Barasa's father said hurt me, and I knew it had something to do with the fact that Mum and I were poor. I became envious whenever I saw Barasa with his wealthy friends. So, one day, I devised a plan to change his opinion of me. All I needed were the same expensive items that his friends wore. I began to put a lot of pressure on Mum to get them for me. Mum, I want that dress! How about we go to the yard sale over there? They sure do have some nice clothes. I hate them! They're ugly and cheap! I knew our poor situation was none of Mom's fault, and later that evening, she surprised me, and I was so overjoyed. Honey, I saved some money and got you those Louis Vuitton shoes you wanted. Thank you so much, Mom! I have no idea why you need all these things anyway. We can do without them. I didn't tell her that I needed them because of Barasa. He had a swimming party that night, and I wanted to make the best impression possible. I was going to show everyone that I wasn't just a regular servant girl. When I walked into the party dressed in one of my mom's old fashionable gowns and the Louis Vuitton shoes, everyone turned to stare at me. They made me so nervous that my heels shook so badly and I fell into the pool. Barasa quickly jumped in to save me, and I couldn't help but admire his strength. He lifted me as if I weighed nothing. What did you think you were doing, Alicia? This isn't your style. If your dad hadn't said those mean things about me and my mom and ended my friendship with you, I wouldn't have been trying to prove him wrong. I'm sorry about dad. He's a little harsh sometimes, but you should know you're my best friend, Alicia. Nothing can change that. Then why do you hang out with them instead of me? I'm only doing it to trick my dad. Besides, you don't have to change anything about yourself to prove him wrong. I don't care what you look like. The moonlight danced on Barasa's face, sharpening his features and making him more handsome. Suddenly, Mum walked in on us. So, this is where you've been all along, and I've been looking for you everywhere. Mum freaked out when she noticed my position in Barasa's arms. For some reason, she had never liked him much. Do you want us to lose our jobs as servants, Celestia? His father warned you to stay away from him. As soon as Mum was done yelling, dragged me away from the pool. I couldn't have been more embarrassed. Later that night, she sat me down and talked to me. Honey, life isn't all about wealth, but how to stay fulfilled with whatever you have. I'm disappointed in your actions tonight. When she finished, tears streamed down my cheeks and I hugged her. I'm sorry for everything, Mum. I'll be better. And I did become better. I did all my chores diligently while Barasa continued hanging out with me during moments his father couldn't see us. Our friendship grew stronger, transcending beyond rules set by our parents. A few years passed by and Mum fell ill. She was bedridden for weeks while I cared for her. Every day was filled with hopes for her recovery. And one particular day, she told me something that shocked me. Honey, I think it's time we moved out of here into somewhere better. I want to give you the life you deserve. I wasn't a fan of the idea. Moving out meant saying goodbye to Barasa and the horses I'd grown attached to. I needed some space to think. I left Mum alone and dashed to the stables where I found Barasa and told him everything. I don't know if I want to leave you and everything behind yet. Then don't. Don't let your mum take you away from the farm, Alicia. You can stay with me. I'll take care of you. Barasa's words followed me for the rest of the day, and when night reached, I went back to Mum. Mum, I don't think I'm ready to leave the farm yet. But Alessia, I think it'll be better if you let yourself heal here. The nature will give you more peace. <laughs> Fine. You've always been a stubborn child anyways. I love you, Mum. I love you too, baby girl. But there's another thing I need to tell you. Mum grabbed my face and looked at me with an expression I had never seen on her face before. It was fear. There are, um... 
some things you don't know about and don't need to know about yet. What do you mean, Mom? She ignored my question and continued like I hadn't said anything. If anything should happen to me, there's a box of valuables buried next to the cherry tree in the farm. Take it and run away. Do you understand me, child? I was speechless, so Mum shook my shoulders. Do you understand me, Alessia? No, Mum, and you're scaring me. What's happening? You don't need to know, but you'll do what I say, right? I mumbled out a small, right, and watched as her expression shifted to normal in milliseconds. It was scary. Now, honey, come give Mummy another hug. Mum felt strangely better the next morning and dashed to the market to get some dairy products. She put on shades and a wig before doing so, as if her performance the night before hadn't been strange enough. Everything made me so curious, especially when Mum didn't return that night. I panicked and dashed to Barasa with the news. My mum hasn't been back all day, Barasa. I think something happened to her. I've got this. I'll rally some villagers and search the town for her. It's a small town. She can't be far. I joined the villagers in their search. As we ransacked the forest, I felt a hard object under my foot. I picked it up and found that it was an ID with Mom's passport? Her name on it was Nuella Smith, which was different from the Jennifer Howard everyone knew her as. Mom was hiding something, and I could feel it. I noticed a movement to my right and quickly hid the ID in my pocket before turning around to see Barasa emerge from the bushes with a solemn expression. I'm sorry, Alicia, but... We couldn't find your mum. Footprints in the soil suggest she might have run away. I gulped and turned away from Barasa as my eyes watered with tears. I couldn't believe my mum had left me. After that day, life on the farm felt different without mum. I had planned to leave as well, but Barasa persuaded me to stay. You don't have to leave, Alicia. I'll be inheriting the farm in a few years. And by then, I could marry you. And we could live happily ever after. I mean, that's if you want Hearing Barasa say those words made me feel a bit queasy. Of course that's what I want, Barasa. But is that what you want? He gripped my chin and stared at me with such intensity that it made my stomach churn. That's what I've always wanted, Alicia. I've been in love with you since we were kids. I'm in love with you too, Barasa. Barasa kissed me and fireworks went off in my head. Three days later, I was in the coop feeding the chickens when Barasa walked in with a sad look on his face. Alicia, I have something to tell you. I'll be leaving to boarding school this week. Dad enrolled me in one yesterday. Sadness enveloped my entire body as I hugged Barasa. But what about our promise? Don't worry. I'll never forget. Your heart and mine are locked forever. The next morning, Barasa left the farm and we waved at each other with a secret look on our faces, promising to always return to each other. I carried on without Barasa on the farm, even if I constantly continued to feel the lack of his and Mum's presence. The only thing that kept me going was his promise to me. Time passed, and two years later, news of Barasa's return spread like wildfire. I heard Chief Mungi's son will be returning today, and he's now a very handsome man. The girls won't know what hit them. I gave the woman a small smile before hurrying home with the vegetables I had purchased. Chief Mwangi was throwing a big party to celebrate Barasa's return, and I couldn't wait to see him. As soon as I arrived at the mansion, I noticed cars parked all around it. I walked around looking for him when I noticed him kissing a girl on the patio. Many people surrounded him, applauding and yelling. Happy engagement! Thank you all. Angela is the prettiest woman I have ever met in my life. My heart broke into a thousand pieces. In disappointment, I tossed the market bags to the ground and fled the scene. 
Barasa, like Mum, had lied to me. I had no one but myself to rely on. I dashed to the cherry tree Mum mentioned years ago and dug furiously at the soil beside it until my hands hit something. It was a treasure box with a lot of money inside. I quickly packed my bags and left with the treasure chest without telling anyone. I flew to America and began a new life there. Mum's money supported me for years, and I used some of it to start a small agricultural business that grew into something big. I became one of the world's youngest billionaires and the proud owner of Alice, a food technology firm. One day, I was on my way to work when a woman bumped into me. Hey, watch where you're going. She turned around and I was surprised to see. Mum? Hey, pretty lady. Please, I need a job. I can be your personal maid. Here's my CV. Security suddenly showed up to drag her away. Sorry, ma'am. This crazy lady escaped us. We'll take care of her. No, leave her. I'll take care of her. I took Mum to my office and asked her a lot of questions. Why did you leave me alone on the farm all those years ago? Huh? I don't know you. She couldn't answer any of my questions, and the worst of it all was that she couldn't even recognize me. I took her to the hospital, hoping they could fix her memory issue. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do for your mother. She needs something to trigger her memory. Maybe an impactful event from her past. I tried everything to trigger Mum's memory. I showed her old photos of us together. That looks like me. Took her to a farm, even showed her the ID she dropped all those years ago. Yet, Mum couldn't recognize me. I gave up and settled on taking care of her instead. The stress of caring for Mum and the company took a toll on me, so I took some time off and went horse riding constantly. And one day, I saw Barasa and his wife. She was yelling at him right in the middle of the parking lot. I'm filing for a divorce right away! I was about to ignore them when she raised her arm to slap him, and I couldn't help but swoop in and grab her arm. That's enough! I won't let you assault someone on my property. And who do you think you are? Alessia, Barassa's old friend and owner of the parking lot you're standing on. Of course you're his friend. You both look pathetic. She flung her arm out of my grip and walked away with a menacing look at Barassa. Expect divorce papers and my lawyer. When Angela left, Barassa looked at me. Wow, you've grown and changed so much, Alicia. I wasn't going to remain a servant forever. Barasa had also changed since the last time I saw him, and seeing him now, I realized I no longer cared about him. There was no trace of the love I felt all those years ago. Alicia, about what you saw years ago, Dad forced me to marry Angela as a business transaction. He wanted to deal with her dad. It was nothing serious. I don't care, Barasa. I'm sorry about what your dad did, but I think it's best we move on. I've moved on. You should too. I won't give up on you, Alicia. No matter what it takes, I'll do anything to prove that I still love you. I pulled my arm out of his and walked away. I wasn't letting him back into my life. The next day, I was sitting on the couch watching some STA videos on TV when I heard a knock on my door. I went to see who it was and was surprised to see Barasa standing right on my porch with a bouquet of flowers in his hand. Hey there, thought I'd pay you a visit. How did you find my place? I asked around. Would you let me come in? yourself at home. Thank you. Your place looks absolutely beautiful. While we talked and caught up on the past, Mum walked in. Hey, Mum. Meet my friend Barasa. You remember him, right? She gave him a strange look, then approached him and sniffed his scent like a dog. Her pupils dilated and she pointed at Barasa. I know that smell. My memory's suddenly coming back to me. 
I knew I should be relieved that Mum's memory had returned, but I was offended. I was her daughter, and she couldn't even recognize me. But then she remembered Barasa, whom she didn't even like. She was also acting strangely and scaring Barasa. Hey, Mum, that's enough. No, Alessia, that boy and his father are criminals. That's a lie. You're a crazy woman. I remember everything. I was a CIA agent, undercover on their farm, gathering intelligence on their crimes. They found out and tried to capture me, but I escaped. I fell and hit my head as I ran away from them, and I couldn't remember much else except that some nice people helped me. Wow, that's a lot. Are you sure, Mom? Yes, honey, it's why I wanted us to leave the farm, but Barasa and his father were threatening to take you away from me. I couldn't tell you because I didn't want to get you in trouble. Everything Mum said shocked me to the bones, and I stared at Barasa, who avoided my gaze. Is this all true? She's lying. Can't you see? She left you, and I took care of you. No, you didn't. You only wanted her to trust you so you could turn her against me. What? I'm sorry, Alicia, but your mom is going crazy. I'm just going to leave you with Miss Loco here. Suddenly, Barasa sped for the door, and Mom leapt in the air and karate chopped him to the floor. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I never knew Mom had such skills. I've gathered enough intel on you and your father. You're not going anywhere. She rang for someone, and minutes later, suited men in shades showed up to the house. Thank you for your hard work, Noella. The president will reward you for doing a good job. I strolled up to Barasa and gave him a resounding slap. I can't believe you were only playing me. All that talk about love and you suddenly reappearing in my life? It all makes sense now. Barasa's expression instantly shifted to anger, and he seemed nothing like the boy I knew all those years ago. I wasn't playing you at first. I really liked you, but your mom had to go snooping around. Always keep your enemies closer, Dad says, and you and your mom are my enemies. Good. I hope we stay that way. You're a jerk. Enjoy your time in jail. I watched with a smirk as Barasa was dragged into the car and driven away. As soon as he left, I turned to Mum. So, your name's Nuella. I wish you had told me instead of keeping me in the dark. It was for the best, honey. Again, I'm really sorry. I'll spend each day making it up to you. I hope so. I threw my arms around her in a hug, basking in the scent and warmth of her body, which I'd missed. I've missed you so much, Mom. I was really scared you'd never remember me, and then when you did, I got mad that it only happened because of Barasa. I felt like you didn't love me. Don't say that, baby. I love you. And as for my memory, I couldn't control it. But remembering you is the best thing to have ever happened to me. I've missed you, too. Mom and I stayed in the hug for several minutes until I remembered someone we hadn't spoken about. What about Chief Monkey? What'll happen to him now? I figure he's already heard about everything and is on the run. But we'll get him. He can't run forever. You're super cool, Mum. The next day, Mum was invited to the White House where she received an award of recognition and excellence from the president. I couldn't have been prouder of her. You know, sometimes our parents did mean the best for us after all. My alarm rang loudly and woke me up in the princess-like room. Oh my god, I'm late for school! The maid quickly helped me change my clothes, wash my face, and massage my arms and legs. She took me to the dressing room to select my bags and jewelry for the day, but in a hurry, she accidentally dropped a pink Rolex watch worth $50,000 to the ground. I'm so sorry, my lady. I reassured her and whispered, <laughs> let's just say I dropped it. Then I reached for my bag and threw the broken watch in the trash. Fiona, my mean sister, saw that and took a photo. Look how little Miss Boyle threw away this expensive watch. Ugh, not again. Hi, I'm Brittany and I'm 19 years old. 
As you can see, I was born into the richest family in England. My dad was a famous politician, and my mom was a phenomenal pianist. They were very busy, so it was usually just me and Fiona at home. However, we have distinctly opposite personalities, and Fiona always looked for ways to mess me up. Contrary to Fiona, who always obeyed our parents' every word, I was the rule breaker of the family. Not to mention, I love racing. Even if my mom disapproved of my passion and forced me to learn piano, I still found ways to participate in many races without her knowing. Once, when I was in a big race and was almost in the lead, the road split into two ways. Because I knew that area very well, I knew the left road was a shortcut, so I quickly went that way. But suddenly, a car appeared right behind me and was hot on my tail. However, the driver lost control of the wheel and crashed into a nearby fence. The collision wasn't too serious, and he seemed fine. So I decided to continue the race. When suddenly he called out, "Wait! Don't leave me!" I immediately braked the car and ran out to see if he was injured. Were you really about to leave me alone? Duh! You look fine, and it's your fault for not knowing this area and yet dare to go after me. Because the road was empty and very few people passed by there, <laughs> I had to let him into my car, or else he would have to stay there all night and never be able to reach the destination. After putting him in the car, I continued my race all the way through. He kept、hmm? complaining that my racing style was too reckless. Jeez, what a bother! I shut him up with a tissue in his throat, but still, due to his disturbance, I only finished in third place. You're probably the coolest girl I've ever met. I'm David. Whatever. The fact that two riders finished the race in the same car was so unique that it quickly became the media hot topic. Not only that, my sister also started skipping school and followed me to the race to take pictures of me as evidence. The pictures were quickly handed to our mom, and as a result, I was punished for my disobedience and for participating in risky races. However, Fiona suffered the same fate and was grounded for skipping school. That made her hate me even more. Fiona always acted hostile to me because only one of us was assigned to take over the family business someday. It was her biggest ambition. Although I was indifferent about it, since she loved money and power so much, marrying the son of War Petroleum Corporation's chairman would surely strengthen her position, and she was looking forward to it. Knowing that the engagement was already on the way, I guess Fiona's wish would come true soon. One day, my family invited the family-in-law to dinner. Fiona was so overdressed that if I hadn't known better, I'd say she was going to greet the U.S. president. When their family arrived, I was startled. It was David, the lame guy who was in the race with me the other day. He's the son of Wall Corporation's chairman. During the meal, my dad introduced. Hi, David. This is Fiona, your future fiance. <laughs> But I'm more interested in your second daughter. What the heck? That lunatic! I immediately kicked his leg. However, after hearing David's unthinkable wish, my parents still agreed to rearrange the wedding. <laughs> Humiliated and angry, Fiona immediately left the place. I couldn't help but ran after my sister to comfort her. Do you like David that much? No, I hate you both. Stay away from me. Fiona brushed me off and stormed away. Great, now I would have to deal with that madman alone. When I returned, I dragged David to my back garden. Listen, you ninny, I don't want to marry you. Why not? It's a win-win for us. You seem fun, and God knows we both hate arranged marriages like this.、Hmm. So David also didn't want such a marriage as well. He proposed that both of us should pretend to accept our family's wishes to hold a wedding. Then we would throw caution to the wind and mess it all up. What he said sounded quite intriguing and beneficial indeed. Fiona didn't seem to be fond of David that much, and if I did as David said, my sister、hmm. wouldn't need to marry someone she didn't love. 
Then, when I gave up the inheritance, she could have it and everyone would be happy. Let's wreak havoc right before the wedding day. Deal? Deal. After that day, David and I were scheduled to go on dates and sometimes the destination was an amusement park. David hired a paparazzi to accompany us to take pictures. He was asked to capture our most childish moments, like when we were posing as ghosts in a haunted house to scare the guests or pretending to be sharks to tease children at the water park. Everything we did was to embarrass our families. Honestly, those pranks with David put me in high spirits. However, our little plan seemed to be backfire. Little did we know, another paparazzi had recorded our friendly moments and spread the news that we were dating. Immediately, my family confirmed the information and announced that we were about to get engaged. That sucks! The only thing I wanted to improve was my relationship with my sister, but it didn't work. From the day David rejected her, Fiona was rarely at home. She started partying wildly, much to our parents' disappointment. It made me feel guilty too. One windy night, I drove to the beach and tried to distract myself from my life problems. Are you okay? Hearing David's voice, I burst into tears because what I did might have hurt Fiona. He patted me and tried his best to lift my spirits as he got me some ice cream. That was pretty cute and attentive of him. Maybe I liked him more than I thought. But before I told that to David, I needed to make sure Fiona was okay first. One day, I went to find Fiona at her friend's house. That place was reeked of alcohol. Ugh, I tried to help Fiona out, but she kept insisting on me to play truth or dare, or else she wouldn't come home with me. Jeez, I had no choice but to listen to her. I dare you to hide in the closet with my buddy Pete. I hesitated, but Fiona burst into tears, saying that she was tired of no one listening to any word she said. What a pain, <laughs> but I didn't want to hurt her any further, so I agreed. Unbelievably, on the very next day, the video of me and Pete getting into the closet was edited and spread like wildfire. Losing their tempers, my parents decided to stop the marriage between me and David and chose Fiona as my replacement. Horrified, I tried to contact David to explain but all I received was one message from him. I know we are nothing yet, but all this time, I've been serious about it. I'll be out of the way so that you can be with the person you truly love. Oh, David, so he was into me too? There was no doubt that my sister had gone too far this time. I decided to stop the wedding between her and David with everything I had to take back my supposed-to-be fiancé. When Fiona was preparing her wedding dress, I barged in and questioned her. If you don't love David, why do you want to marry him? To destroy you! You're always loved by everyone even though you have no talent! Fiona admitted that she was the mastermind who set me up with Pete. Then she fiercely pushed me to a nearby clothes hanger. Fiona was about to slap me when a hand stopped her. Stop it! I can't believe you do this to your own sister! Unbelievably, David and his parents had overheard everything. They immediately stopped all engagement activities, and Fiona had to pay for all of her wrongdoings. Still, after everything, I couldn't bring myself to hate Fiona, so I forgave her instead. She was unfortunate enough. My parents were also publicly criticized for arranging an unwanted marriage to serve their business interests. And that, my friends, was how I solved that one big mess. After that day, I wholeheartedly expressed my feelings to David, and we officially dated each other on our own free will. Not only that, we are enjoying our racing passion together to the fullest. 
share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Hi everyone, my name is Audrey, and I am the prickliest girl in my class. I was nicknamed a witch because I cut off my entire environment from me. In the blink of an eye, I cut off relationships with friends, acquaintances, and even my boyfriend. Have you ever done that? I'll tell you how it happened, and most importantly, why I decided to burn bridges after all. There were a lot of different people in my class. I had my own friends, my friend Evie, April, and my boyfriend Edgar. The four of us went together everywhere. They even called us the foursome. I adored my friends and loved my boyfriend. We could share everything, and I knew these guys would always support me. However, there was one thing I never did or told even them. My mom used to say I was good. She really thought my friends were my reward. Someday I'll meet them, I promise you. I'll do anything to make sure you don't feel ashamed, she said. And then one day, life was divided. I drew a line and decided I didn't need these people anymore. I missed a couple of days of school and didn't answer my phone. Evie, April, and Edgar kept calling and texting, but I just ignored their messages. I walked into class and didn't even look in their direction and just sat down at my desk. The guys in my boyfriend's faces stretched. They ran up and started hugging me and asking me questions. And I said, I'm sorry guys, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Are you kidding me? What's wrong? Tell me. Is it something at home? Audrey, why? I stared at the spot in front of me and didn't even blink. Amanda walked by, the pest in my life. Amanda is a girl from a wealthy family who hadn't been taught to respect other people's lives, and what she loved more than anything was gossip and intrigue. Just like that, our Audrey suddenly became a witch. None of your business, Amanda. Just piss off. Why? She's my classmate, too. And I'm also wondering what happened that she suddenly doesn't want to talk to any of you. Or maybe you two hooked up with Edgar? I'll give you something better to do with your face. Would you like that? April clenched her fists, but Edgar stopped her. Just, I'll talk to you later. Amanda, stay out of this. This is just the beginning. My friends sat back down, and I just kept looking at the blackboard in the classroom. They were waiting for an explanation, but there wasn't one, so I headed for the door. At the school gate, someone grabbed my arm and turned me around, and it was Edgar. He stared into my eyes, his voice shaking and his hands shaking, asking what was wrong, where his mistake was. I told him coldly, I don't love you anymore. It was like he got electrocuted. He cringed, his eyes reddened, he was in great pain, and I turned and walked on. For what? For what? He shouted after me. I got home, threw off my bags, and went about my chores. In my chat room, my classmates kept talking about me. A witch. She's a witch. Yeah, she didn't even say hello to her friends or her boyfriend. Apparently, she showed her real face. I reread those messages over and over again, and my insides clenched with anger. Then my mom walked into my room. Audrey, honey, how are you? I haven't heard from your friends in a while. How's Edgar? My mom asked. I told her that they were doing well. Evie was about to fly to the Czech Republic for a couple of days vacation with her mom. 
April had gotten a new car, and Edgar was continuing to help out with the family business. Mom smiled. I'm glad your friends are doing well. They really love you, Mom said. And then I cried. Then I packed up my things, kissed my mom, and told her I'd go get medicine after work. I ran to one of the buildings, put on my uniform, grabbed a mop, and started mopping the floors. And as luck would have it, the elevator broke down. I had to run between floors on foot with a bucket and rags in my hands. Three hours later, I came out of there tired, and I forgot to take off my uniform and gloves. Shit, I said, and wanted to go in there again, but came face to face with Amanda. I was confused. No one in the class was supposed to know that I worked as a janitor. I put my face down and walked past her as fast as I could. The next day, she met me in class. Hey, Audrey, will you mop the floors here? She asked loudly, but I didn't say anything. April then walked over to me. Hey, is everything okay? What is she talking about? She asked me, but I didn't even look at her. April threatened Amanda with her fist, and Evie came over to me and put her hand on my shoulder. Amanda opened her mouth and started saying, I went to my dad's work yesterday, and you know who I met there? I had to do something to stop her from speaking. Evie tilted her head and asked if everything was okay, but I abruptly got up from my chair and yelled at her, Why are you sticking it to me? Amanda shut up. It worked. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. You're nobody to me anymore. I said loudly. You're all nothing here. I walked out of the classroom. At that moment, I made a firm decision to quit school, and I left. On my way home, I saw an ad for another job. I was immediately hired and handed out promotional stickers. Afterward, I would run home, drop off my mother's medication, and then go back to my cleaning job. I worked at such a frantic pace for more than a month, with no days off. My mother still didn't know that I dropped out of school. I decided not to burden her as she was already sick. She had back problems, and it turned out she had a spinal hernia. An expensive operation was required, for which I had to earn the money. Hello? Yes, Mom, hi. Oh, I'm busy right now. I'll call you later, okay? No, that's okay. I just got out of school. I'm going to the cafe with Edgar. Do you want me to grab you something nice? Okay, all right. Come on. I love you. Bye-bye. I talked to her on the phone and sat down on the floor I had just scrubbed clean and cried bitter tears. My arms and legs were aching. Then the alarm sounded, and I changed my clothes and ran to my third job. Young lady, can you hurry up with my order? Why are you so slow? What, a tip? You're the worst person to serve me. Who hires people like you? Are you armless? My floors are better. Who gives out flyers like that? You have to speak louder and smile, smile. That's what I'd been hearing lately. Because of poor nutrition and lack of sleep, I couldn't work properly, but I tried so hard. Sometimes I remembered the days when my friends fed me delicious food, and I never even once invited them to my house because I was ashamed. Ashamed of the poverty and misery in which my mother and I lived. I didn't want them to know about it. All these years, I'd been pretending that we were living well while I was working. And when my mother got sick and my uncle ditched us for money, I finally realized that I couldn't tell them about it. I'd rather be a cold bitch than a miserable beggar. Meanwhile, the chat room continued to write nasty things about me. Only Evie, April, and Edgar weren't responding to the messages, and they weren't defending me anymore either. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted. Poverty was my vice. A couple more weeks later, I got sick, and my work rhythm was cut in half. I was on my knees scrubbing floors and breathing heavily. I had a fever. 
Hey, Audrey, no running away this time. Thought I wouldn't recognize you. Amanda, back off. What did you say? Amanda kicked the bucket, and all the dirt spilled all over the floor, which I just finished cleaning. Is that why you bailed? What, ashamed of being poor? So much so that you decided to get rid of your friends and your boyfriend? God, that's noble. You did the right thing, though, you know. Being friends with bums isn't exactly promising. Who said she stopped being friends with us? Came a voice from behind me. I turned round and saw April. She walked up to Amanda, clenched her fist, and said, Ha, I've wanted to do this for a long time. But Amanda screamed and ran away. April helped me up. I was embarrassed. How long have you known? I asked her. April, looking into my eyes, said, A couple of days ago I saw you at the cafe. And I saw you handing out flyers, Evie said. Oh no, the girls. They cleaned the floors for me, then they took me home. I opened the door, and there was the pleasant smell of food coming from the kitchen. Hey, I finally got your house. What? What are you doing here? You're not the only one. It's our first time at her house, too. Nice house. Why didn't you let us in? She was afraid you'd empty her fridge, like me. The girls laughed and came up to my smiling mom to get acquainted, and Edgar came up to me. Sorry, I... It's okay. We're the ones who are sorry that it took us so long to understand. It was only later that we understood why you did this. I love you, and I don't intend to say no just because you're in trouble. We're a team. I cried. You know, I'd been so wrong about them. They helped me make money. Edgar, thanks to his father's connections, found my uncle and he paid off the debt. And a year later, my mom and I did a good repair on the house and I was reinstated to the school. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by...